It's not easy living on a dying planet, but it is easy to feel overwhelmed when it comes to making changes and taking action to try and save it. Where do you start? Is it even worth it? Can you really make a difference? Welcome to the Tea on Sustainable Living podcast, where we attempt to answer these questions by spilling the tea on living sustainably in a world that's going to shit. I'm Brandy. And I'm Hannah. And for years, we've been navigating the big, messy, gray area of caring about our planet. It hasn't always been smooth sailing, but we're not giving up yet. So brew yourself a cup of tea, get comfy, and let's try and navigate that gray area together. Hello, give a shitters. This is Hannah. And this is Brandy. And you are listening to episode number 28 of the Tea on Sustainable Living podcast. Yay! It's my, my age. A yay instead of a woo. Ooh. That's new. Yeah, well, that was, was that different? Okay. Yeah, what's different? I don't know. I'm still tired. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Um, yeah, Hannah has a her second cup of coffee. I was going to make one, but then I didn't. Oh, no, this is... So here we are. Oh, it's not good. No, it's like, no, it's, it's like a... Because I was saying my coffee machine didn't... Well, I didn't screw my coffee machine on properly. So half the water escaped. And now I've just got like cold milk at the bottom and then like semi-warm coffee at the top. Mm. It's just like a bad. Just pour it all over ice and call it a nice coffee. Yeah, I might Ooh, do that. Actually, that sounds good. I might do that after we yeah. record. Ice coffee sounds really good. <laughs> anyway, so what are we talking about today? Um, we're talking about travel. We um, had kind of talked about doing a little travel mini-series. Well, Brandy had come up with this idea and then I ran with it because I was out of ideas when planning this <laughs> late last night. Um, and I thought maybe we could do this first episode about the planning side, like the pre-trip side of travel. Yeah, I like the idea. I think when I like brain dumped that idea, it was because we've talked about flying. And I think the carbon mm-hmm. offsets were a part of that episode, not a separate episode. And I yeah. think we've maybe referenced various travel things throughout episodes, but yeah, never like, yeah. at least I don't think so, like travel specific, uh, other travel specific episodes. But yeah, like your your idea of like splitting it into like the stages, the pre-planning and like the actual travel. And then like, I think, yeah, you had like a post kind of longer, yeah, longer game impact kind yeah. of things. Because um, yeah, I think there are other podcasts and resources that talk about all of these specific right. like things more in depth, whether it's flying or Airbnbs, et cetera. Um, but in terms of like how you can yeah, take that and actually like make some sort of mm-hmm. changes. Um, yeah. And that was something I found when I was like doing um, a little bit of research that there's like so much, but also so much of it understandably is like sponsored content mm. as well in the travel industry, which is doesn't necessarily mean it's inaccurate information or like not useful, um, but it, there was also this other element of like, oh, but this is like, this article has been produced by like a travel agency, like mm-hmm. what, you know, that, that has an impact as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I was saying, um, well, I think it's pretty clear that both Brandy and I like to travel mm-hmm. and I kind of realized I've like overloaded my schedule with travel this year. So I've got like several smaller trips planned and then like a bigger trip where I'm going to the States. Um, and like, while well, there's been, I, I feel like there's some thinking of some trips, like especially the ones in Spain, I've managed to keep them, you know, I've chosen like to get the train rather than flying, things like that. 
Um, but other things, other parts, I haven't really like considered that element of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like, yeah, I just wanted to talk about that. Like yeah. what other things you might want to bear in mind when planning a trip mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, what even is like sustainable travel? Um, I kind of was like looking at that and I was like, I guess kind of travel that has like minimal or positive impacts. Mm-hmm on the environment and the communities that are being visited. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, that's... I think that's a good way to frame it. Because anything, I mean, like anything we do, we have an impact by existing. Right. We have an impact. And you go somewhere new where you're like, you're not from there. You don't live there. Like you're going to have some sort of impact. So trying right. to make that as positive as possible. Uh, right. Like you're not willing to, you know, give up travel, um, which I think is fair. I'm not, we're not here to tell you what, you know, to do or not to do. Um, yeah. Those things to consider. I hope that mm. yeah, I hope that comes across. So, so yeah. Well, you you mentioned that there were some things that you hadn't considered when planning these trips. Why do you think that is? Like time element. I know when other people are involved. That right. Um, I think yeah, probably a little bit of time and people more than anything. Especially for example, around accommodation. Um, like the most of the trips I've got coming up. But all the local ones that I've either have or like, you know, um, or or had in the last few months, other people have kind of taken on the role of like finding accommodation. So it's mostly been in Airbnbs. And, you know, I've just like kind of gone along with it. I mean, I haven't, you know, mm-hmm. taken any particular stand. Um Yeah, the thing was we can talk about Airbnb. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's like an all all good or all bad thing i think no. it depends on where you are if it's mm-hmm. like a city where those airbnbs are preventing people to rent out affordable homes and, and also yeah. airbnbs like raise the prices of the area i think there's a lot of airbnbs around around me and my neighborhood i think there's actually one yeah. in the building i don't know if it's technically an airbnb but it's i don't know um i know there's nothing one across the street because my friends when they visited have stayed there um Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's definitely negative impacts of Airbnb depending on where you are. I think cities like is it Seattle or Portland that like came up with like more strict like laws and like you have to pay similar like fees that like hotels pay, etc. Yeah, um, I know they've introduced stuff in uh, Madrid and I think maybe in Barcelona, but I don't know how much they're being enforced. Mm-hmm. So for example, in theory now you should only be able to like Airbnb. If you're, um, if you're the flat has a separate entrance, which basically makes it like impossible mm. in theory, because everyone in Madrid lives in flats, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure that that's being enforced, <laughs> mm. but yeah. So yeah. Okay. So to put it in the, the context or the, the lens of like planning, you're planning a trip. Right. There's a difference, obviously, with like you're going solo or with people. Mm-hmm. You give up control when you're with people. You you you're accommodating like schedules and other people's yeah. preferences. So if you're going it alone, you know, okay, you're planning. What's the first thing like you usually plan? It's like where you're going, when you're going, right? And you mentioned Barcelona, so that made me think of that because that is definitely an area that is like over over tourized, over tourized, yeah. over touristed, over yeah. Oh, too many tourists go there and it's <laughs> negatively impacting the city. So yeah. I think there's something to be said about, you know, choosing where you go 
and considering. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's like if there are other places you could go that would have like less of an impact. Like I also think about like Venice right. in Italy, which I also would like to go. Yeah. So I don't know. So does that mean people should like never go to Barcelona? <laughs> yeah, that's Venice? a tricky one. I think yeah. I think you have to like prioritize like what if you're traveling, I think the best thing is like to start the best place to start is like why are you traveling? Mm-hmm. What is your priority? Like what are you hoping to get out of it? Is it just a break from city life or just to like disconnect for X amount of time? Is it to see a specific thing, experience a specific place, culture, cuisine, whatever? Um, yeah. And yeah, just researching like whatever that like if it is Barcelona or Venice, like you know, little, little Mr. Google console of like, what are the negative impacts of tourism right. in this place? And I don't know, is there like another way, another place you can go to still satisfy whatever your like reason for travel right. is? Or is it like, would it be better? And I don't know if this is true, but just coming to mind, like if, for example, if you were visiting Barcelona, would it be better to like stay in like a smaller place along the coast and then just like a, do a day trip in? Mm to like see the things that you really wanted to see, mm-hmm. you know, would that satisfy that need in a like more sustainable way? I don't know if this is actually true. If what I'm saying is would be more sustainable, but like, I guess maybe being creative about mm-hmm. like how, how you, how you go somewhere. I think that could be a good option. Cause if you're staying somewhere outside the main, like let's mm-hmm. stick with Barcelona, like a smaller town that surrounds it, that like, maybe doesn't get as much tourism and you're supporting that local, Mm -hmm. that local community. And then, yeah, still going into Barcelona to like take off whatever, you know, La Sagrada Familia, which we mentioned in the last episode. Right. Um, Because I think it's fine to, you know, people say travel more like a local, Mm -hmm. but I think by going somewhere new, you're like automatic, like you're the fact that you're not, you're already not a local in that place. Right. Kind of like you can't live completely like a local unless you actually live there. And are local, right. so I think there are definitely w- definitely ways that you can do that more. Mm-hmm. But like, I think it's still fine to like be a tourist and to like want to see the places you want to see, right. like the Eiffel Tower or the Sagrada Familia, whatever it is. I think it's fine to like want to tick those boxes, while maybe yeah, keeping in mind or balancing that with like mm-hmm. with other things. I thought of also is there like a different time of the year you could go that's maybe not so overcrowded because is it going to be as enjoyable of a trip if like you're just surrounded by people and I don't know, maybe that's mm-hmm. just my own preference of like <laughs> wanting to be around as few people as possible. Right. And also I think something that I read, um, I'll like post the link to the article, which I found quite interesting was um, saying that sometimes depending on where you're going, but up to like 90% of the money that you've spent for that trip doesn't, go into the like local communities Mm -hmm. because the biggest spends tend to be your flights Mm -hmm. um or travel and then like hotels and accommodation Mm -hmm. and often we do do that through like either for like necessity like you know there's only so many like flight flight companies Mm -hmm. or it's just more convenient to go through you know like a bigger accommodation website or a you know, bigger chain. A, exactly, a bigger chain. You know what you're getting. You know, you know they'll speak English if you're going somewhere further away um, or whatever your native language is. Like, is there ways that you can choose to do activities or book accommodations 
in a way that does bring some of that money more directly to the local community. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, yeah, so we've covered things to consider, you know, the where you're going, the when you're going. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, but also, how. yeah, the where, how a bit, yeah. But, yeah, like mm-hmm. where you're staying. Um, right. You know, when we, you and I traveled to York last summer. Yeah. And that was one thing. I was using booking.com because it's, well, yeah, it's convenient and you can often yeah, do, like, the free cancellations. The right. But they also have a, a tick box for, um, and, like, a little green leaf. And it says, was it sustainable travel option? Right. I think I took a bunch of screenshots. I think we meant, I meant to talk about this last summer, but, and I looked into like what that actually like means to get that certification and it seemed legit. I don't know. Yeah. If it's like I mean, the most, know. if it's the most legit, if there is a little bit of greenwashing going on because people are interested in, in more sustainable travel options. And, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, like they, they like fixed the settings and like our thermostat, like you couldn't go over a certain amount. Right. It was automatic, like when it turned off and if you don't have the key in the room, which is like a common European thing I'm seeing. Um, and they, I think they had signs about like reusing your towels and, you know, all things that are yeah. good in the right direction. And I just still felt better, like the bare minimum, at least doing something that mm-hmm. that did have that little green leaf. Um, yeah. Over summer than I it was still with a chain. I think it's a, it was a technically a part of like the um, Marriott Hotel Group. Mm. Um, yeah, I think you were right. But when we were looking at options, like, I don't know, I wanted like a certain like, wanted to be like comfortable and have certain like you know i didn't want to i didn't want to go the airbnb route i wanted like you know kind of your like a nice comfy experience. hotel beds and like you know you yeah. have a common area downstairs um see i don't think it's like as of course it's not like always black and white of like anti all chains but like just looking into mm-hmm. this types of hotels you're staying in do they um know, one of the main reasons i want to go to london is because the Oh, bless you. <laughs> her, her headphones fell off on that one. Um, I just sneezed my headphones <laughs> off right then. Um, one of the main reasons I want to go to London um, is to stay in the good hotel because they like mm-hmm. they make an effort to like support, train, educate um, people in the um, like service industry, and um, yeah, so. I think it's a good thing to consider and how can you, yeah, how can you, how can your money stay as local as possible? Mm-hmm. If that's a different hotel option. Yeah. Right. Like a small like boutique hotel versus a big chain. But if that's like the only option for what you're looking for and location and budget. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, and sometimes as well, like big chains can also be doing the right thing. Yeah. It's true that they're not, they're kind of part of bigger systems, but sometimes that does mean they also have the finance to like implement kind of like schemes on a bigger scale. Yeah, that's a good point. I guess it's like a sort of thing of like, do I trust them? Yeah. Um, in a way where, you know, like a smaller place or if it's like an individual, it feels more like personalized and you're like, oh, I like trust this person. This individual has, yeah. who runs this place has those values. But at the same time, yeah, like big hotels might have more, you know, resources to implement certain systems. Yeah. They also have bigger marketing budgets. So, yeah, I get that, like, yeah. where that distrust <laughs> can come in. Yeah. Um, whereas, yeah, a smaller boutique hotel might not have the funds to, like, either get some certain certification or um, mm-hmm. et cetera. But, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, what else um, should people consider? Uh, so the the transport one thing, I was like, I've already 
not done with my flights to the to the US. I hadn't realized I hadn't really thought about it. I was just choosing the cheapest option. Mm-hmm. Um and it was saying that you that it was much more sustainable to choose nonstop flights. Yeah, that's because right. the most energy uh, most petrol, most energy, most pollution, I don't know. Um take off and created landing. take off take off and landing. Um, yeah. I always try to fly uh, nonstop or direct. It can be more expensive. So yeah. You know, if you have room in your budget, I think that's a good place to Right. To yeah, use it. Yeah. And then again, unfortunately, trains are often within like for example, within Spain, it's often more expensive to get the train than to fly. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, if you have that room, like that's an option where you can get a train rather than flying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have an upcoming trip in May and I really wanted to do the train. Uh it's in France. And within Spain, I think I've always done the train. Well, I just enjoy it, and it's not that long. Right. It's I was going to do, yeah, I was going to do this whole like kind of long train travel, um, at least one of the directions. But then I had all the miles to cover the flights and mm-hmm. it, the timing because I had like a thing the day before. Um, I was meant to be in France, but then now that's gotten changed since I since I booked. Of course, hello, Rias. My cat is saying hello. So if you hear any noises, uh, <laughs> awake. <laughs> um, hi, but yeah. Factors, circumstances led me to to book these reward miles um, because the train would have met multiple stops and then like, you know, booking accommodations because I didn't want to do just one long travel day. And, and also it's exhausting, like planning all these different stops. I'm mm-hmm. just telling you. Yeah. Um, so there's a really good um, resource in Europe. I don't know if you found this for train travel. It's called like the passenger in seat. 61 69 61 i think familiar you probably will have come across it basically it's this guy who's like a train nerd basically Mm -hmm. and loves train travel and his website like has like all the information of like um for like long distance train travel including you know when you have to like you're going between multiple countries and like he has kind of like the routes for like a lot of journeys already planned okay so I remember looking from like Madrid to London and it's like, okay, you'd get the like Eurostar from like London to like Paris. And then you get this train from like Paris to Barcelona and then you get mm-hmm. like Barcelona to Madrid. Mm-hmm. And it's all kind of like, and you could, if you want, you can do like an overstop, overnight stop here okay, or here. Like and like, it's already kind of like planned for you as it were. It's a bit more personalized than like Google Maps directions. Right, exactly. And it like, you know, it also like gives like recommendations of like places to change and like what time of train you need to get and like where to book. Because obviously if you're going through multiple countries, it is like, you know, you have to go on to like different websites websites to like book the different things. So that's like a really good resource for anyone Mm -hmm. who's like uh wanting to organize like long-term train travel. I wonder like, if he has a route journey. routes from Madrid to Lisbon because there are not easy no, that's true. non-flight routes from here to there. Yeah, um, I was like starting to look it up. I should yeah, like we, not do that. Right we now. were talking about going <laughs> right the girls weekend, but like the, the amount of like trains and buses and the, and I think a lot of them are like local commuter like trains, then the time it would take just for like a few days so that's yeah. why we just haven't gone. That's also like why I have just haven't gone because it just seems like a headache to get there. But it also right. feels silly to fly. It's like right there. But he I does have I'm flying to Paris and that's also kind of right there. He does have a route, but it's okay. yeah. 
So yeah, so it's the man in seat 61. Okay, cool. Incredibly, there is no direct train between M- Madrid and Lisbon. I know, they're adjacent is- EU capitals, which is true. Yeah. Um, they did used to have one, but with COVID, it's never uh, come back. Or even like, like a way to get there would just one. like one stop. I think that when I've looked, it was like at least two or three. Yeah, this is showing, this is showing it would be three trains, Mm. but fairly straightforward. I'll send you a link. Okay, cool. Um, But of course, you know, you have to have the time to do that. Yeah, so that's the thing. And I was talking to a friend, I think it was yesterday about, sorry, my, someone in my building is being noisy, that it's a matter of like, you know, working within the system, the existing system. So I guess in this example, how badly do you do we want to go to Lisbon? Obviously, not badly enough. We right. haven't gone. Um, so yeah, would, Sarah, we, would we be satisfied somewhere else? Exactly. Um, but also, I think if if you are set on going to Lisbon, to not feel guilty, mm-hmm. I don't know. Or should I don't know? Like if you're really set on going here and you have, you know, it's like a bucket list, you know, dream mm-hmm. destination. Yeah, is it okay to set aside that guilt and just get there? you know right on like a 40 minute plane ride or whatever it is yeah i think that comes back to like total shame like I, i'm not i don't know i don't think that's for me or us to say for anyone other than ourselves mm-hmm. yeah i don't know but i think yeah the just the shit like the mass scale of of over tourism in general mm-hmm. um yeah if there's a way to like just even slightly shift the mindset and if that, you know, impacts yeah. one trip or one aspect of how you travel, then that is at least a step in the right direction. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And especially like maybe if you, it's kind of hard to, cause I feel like a lot of my, other than this bigger trip, a lot of my trips have been like quite last minute, which is fine. But I guess if you do have bigger trips that you want, um, maybe like kind of, taking your time to do them like not maybe doing them all in like one year i don't know mm. does that make a difference i guess your final total is the same whether you do it in one year or like in in three but maybe that doesn't make a difference mm. but i don't know okay so um, and i was just gonna say i mean this might be more of a long-term like solution problem thing but when i was doing some research which I hadn't been so aware of, but like having sort of like a setup for like a monthly, there's like organized, like carbon offset um, kind of organizations, I guess, where you can sort of be paying like a rolling like monthly mm-hmm. donation to like offset carbon emissions that you, that, that you yeah. create. And like maybe having, especially if you know you're someone who's like a frequent flyer or like traveler, that maybe that can be like a good way to like spread out the cost of that as well rather than like if you choose to do carbon offsetting rather than like paying x amount like for each flight Uh, which can be like you know you can sometimes that could be quite expensive and you're like yeah not sure if i can afford like you know it it, it already feels a lot right like when you've just Mm -hmm. spent like you know 600 euros 800 whatever on a flight you're like oh god like do i really want to add something more to this so maybe like spreading that cost out throughout the year and sort of making that commitment if that's something that you're interested in doing. Yeah, I like that. I um, I do that monthly through Go Climate. I should do they have okay. like a calculator and I think you put in how many like about I think roughly how many flight hours 
a mm-hmm. year and that and it um calculates your monthly ecology is another one so we'll link both resources go yeah. climate it was go climate neutral but they've dropped the neutral because they think it, it they need and want, we need and want to like go beyond neutral and mm-hmm. have like a carbon positive effect um yeah so go climate and ecology with an eye a good place i think they're, okay. they're a uk based um so those are good resources i mean i think i had maybe jotted down to do like a specific carbon offset episode that can be its whole I thing so. i know we talked about it in the flights it's a matter of i do it but it's a matter of like i know people take the stance of like you wouldn't have to offset if you just didn't fly in the first place for example so Mm -hmm. obviously it's better to just reduce what you are if that's if your individual carbon footprint is important to you um reducing that is obviously the best option but since we all have an impact if you want to offset what you do contribute to then yeah i i don't see it as being bad thing i do it i I do it monthly um Yeah, yeah, yeah so and I don't know if sometimes the ones you tack on to like the airlines, I think it's worth doing your research into like where it's actually going. So that's why places like go climate and ecology and they like vet the programs. And right. so it might actually be more impactful to do it separately from like the airline. Yeah. So just something w- worth looking into. That's just a very brief, I can be like a whole, yeah. whole other <laughs> deep dive. Um, no. I know people feel strongly about it. Um, yeah. It can be easy to feel like oh, I'm offsetting. So I can just go on like, releasing all the emissions Mm -hmm. and then yeah and then it always brings it back to like whose responsibility is it to reduce emissions the individuals yeah you know fossil fuel companies anyway um (laughs) everything is related (laughs) (laughs) yeah anything else you do in the planning stage randy planning stage so it's where where do i want to go when do i want to go why do i want to go how i'm going how, how i'm, I'm how i'm getting there where i'm staying while i'm there and a bit about yeah what do i want to do while i'm there cuz that mm-hmm. i know we're going to the next stage is like while you're there um but in bringing that to the planning stage of like if you know there are certain things certain neighborhoods you want to go to certain mm-hmm. you know tourist you know tick boxes like the eiffel tower or whatever you know staying in a location that would choosing a location within that city that would be easier to like see all those places, maybe on foot um, mm-hmm. or maybe near a train yeah. station, et cetera. So just considering the types of activities you'll want to do. Um, yeah. And doing that a bit ahead of time, especially if they require like booking mm-hmm. certain hotels or, I mean, uh, museums or other, I don't know. Other yeah. Activities that might require booking. That's a good point. Yeah. And a good point about the location as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is already, we've talked about it a bit in like the location, but just like the longer, like going to one place or the longer you stay somewhere is yeah. generally more sustainable than like trying to hit like multiple places on one journey. Yeah, that um, is a good point. That's exactly what I'm going to do when I'm in the States. So, yeah. You know. um, <laughs> I think, yeah, if possible, if you can be in fewer places for longer, that is going to have less of an impact because that's left, yeah. less getting to and from. And it's more right. of the mindset of more of that local mindset versus the tourist mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, and anytime you can like slow down there, I think there's this whole like slow travel, like movement. And you can I'm sure research it and find a bunch of stuff um, of just, yeah, I think in general, just slowing down and enjoying the place you're in and thinking of how you can add to it instead of just taking from it Mm -hmm. i'm saying that to myself as much as yeah yeah yeah. 
those listening. Um, all right. Yeah. I think that's it for now. Yeah. I think, yeah, all of these specific things we talked about, there's obviously more of a deep, right. We've taken more research. You very can do, much done in like a little, but it's more of like, okay, when you're you in the planning stage, asking. yeah. What questions you might want to start asking. And I think bringing in the why more to help mm-hmm. kind of color the rest of it. Um, why are you traveling right. in general? Why the specific place? Why the specific time? Um, that was a really weird squeaking noise. Yeah. I don't know what that was. That is a very weird sound. And yeah, and obviously yeah. we are not anti-travel, so. No. <laughs> um, for no, no. better or worse, I don't know. Um, it definitely is like an enriching <laughs> thing and experiencing other cultures. It's just, yeah, thinking about the how and why a little bit more. And if you can, I don't know, plan before you're planning, like. If you're not planning a trip right now, even still thinking about these things and yeah. doing like a bit of research and just like having a list ready to go when you do start to plan your next trip. And yeah. Uh, so in the next one, what we'll talk about how to travel a bit more sustainably while you're actually in a place. Is yeah. That the idea? Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hannah, it'll probably be a lot about trying to support as many local things as possible. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that's like the fun. Well, the planning stage is fun too. I was going to say the water, <laughs> there's the fun part. It's all fun. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. All right. And let us know, yeah, if there's anything um, specific you would like us to cover by the time this episode is out. Oh, well, we have already recorded that one. I think we might. So. Yeah, maybe. So feel free to uh, submit any travel questions you might have either yeah. as a comment or a voice note um, on the show notes for this episode, the com slash episode 28. Or just ways you've incorporated a bit more sustainable travel or environmentally friendly yeah. travel. Um, and yeah, we'll feature it in an upcoming episode, even if we will have already recorded the, uh, <laughs> the wire there episode. Yeah. Anything else? No, that sounds great. All right. See you in the next one. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Tea on Sustainable Living podcast. Now, go share it with a friend, a co-worker, a partner, a family member, or whoever. A pet? Your cat? (laughs) Someone on the street? (laughs) Whoever you think could use a little more support on their sustainability journey. Share it. Uh, You can send them over to our website, theteaonsustainableliving.com. And while you're there, check out the show notes for more info on today's topic. All right, give us shutters. See you later. Get it? To you later, as in see you later? So funny. Brandy.